0: Hey, thanks for listening. Here's a question for you. Would the design of a pill bottle help reduce the opioid epidemic? I'm here with my colleague, Patty Singer, uh, to talk about health issues. But before we get to that first question, Patty, we're going to talk about the doctor patient relationship and an opportunity to perhaps reshape how that might look in, uh, in our part of the world.
1: Sure. It, you know, it's interesting. A foundation in the state, the New York State Health Foundation, wants. Um Providers, people in part of the health system to op- apply for some grants that they say can reshape that doctor patient. Relationship, but you know it was interesting as I was reading about it. I'm thinking, okay, if we're going to reshape that, and if patients, let's call them clients or consumers, right? Because we had that discussion a few weeks ago. Let's rename what we're calling somebody who uses healthcare. Right. So the clients of a healthcare system, say there we are reshaping that whole relationship, and maybe how care is delivered. Well. That might put some responsibility then on those clients. And you wonder, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I don't want to just go into an office. I don't want to just be given 8 to 15 minutes um, and sort of be told what to do and what my problems are and then walk out the door with a prescription or instructions or whatever and not have had any input into that. Well, the other side of that would be say you are a client and say this becomes more of a business relationship you have with your with your healthcare team. Well, when you think about when you go to your accountant, think about when you go to your mechanic, think about when you go to anybody you have a business relationship with. Yes, that person may be the expert and they will tell you what's wrong with the car. They'll tell you what you owe the IRS, but you have conversations leading up to that. And often in a medical, it's not really a medical exchange because you don't have that conversation. You sit there and you absorb everything that's being told to you. So what might it look like if, I'm not saying there's equal footing because you didn't go to medical school, but if there is more expectation on the part of the patient to be, excuse me, the client, here I go, I'm already falling into the old language, the part of the client to be more involved in their care, to take on more responsibility, which goes beyond Googling their symptoms. I mean, what might this look like? That's what the New York State Health Foundation, I, I think, reading the RFP is after. What could this look like? They, they, pitch this as that uh, they want New Yorkers to have what they say a meaningful role as partners in their health care and at the policy level. That's pretty broad.
0: Right. Uh, so, I mean, presumably they're talking about a less passive role, let's say, or, a, you know, um, uh, put it another way, a more uh, – uh, participatory role for the client patient in the health exchange I mean if you look at an analogy like you say you hire a contractor to come and redo your bathroom or whatever there's a lot of discussions about choice of you know, materials, what the cost, what the range of the, you know, first of all, you get a quote, which is another whole thing we've talked about about the exact price of healthcare services, right? You can certainly get a quote from your mechanic, as you've pointed out before. So, um, h- how is this going to work? Are they looking for, say, who would be players for this money in our market? Would it be, you know, uh, health providers? Existing health providers. Um, who would be the kinds of people who would be looking to access this funding and to get into this conversation in in our community?
1: They're looking at, at any organization that is delivers care or has policy. So what they talk about at the clinical level, which is when you go see your doctor, they say their words: patients should be empowered to get their needs met and have a voice in healthcare decisions. We hear a lot about that now with what's called, you know, patient-centered medical home, and and patients, clients having being part of a the care team in a sense whether that actually happens. I think that depends on the individual doctor, PA, nurse practitioner. And they talk about policy level. Patients, consumers should have a seat at the table to help drive and inform decisions that affect healthcare care policy on and on until your eyes glaze over. Now, Common Ground Health used to be Finger Lakes Health Systems Agency. They're trying to do this. They're trying to bring consumers... In on some of the decisions or some of the discussions that they have about policy in the area, so this is happening. Uh, but you have to wonder, you know, with that access comes responsibility, and our clients. Consumers in the healthcare world ready to take on that responsibility.
0: So, is this something that people can get involved in at the at the sort of the level of the individual level, or is it really something that's only only um, accessible to people who are at an organ at the organizational level? I, or could people have, in other words, how can people have input into this, if at all?
1: Well, right now it's open to organizations, and there's really kind of a two level application process. Uh, uh, organizations that are interested need to sort of submit, this is pick us, pick us, pick us kind of thing, and then if you're selected, then you get to apply for this. This is not something that's going to happen right away, but people who are listening who are interested in this, certainly the New York State Health Foundation can answer more of your questions, can say maybe how you could get involved in this if some organization in your community is selected for this. And also, you know, think about your own role. How much do I really want to be in charge of my care?
0: Let's move on to the question we first asked at the beginning of our conversation, which is uh, whether pill bottle design or how that can... um have an impact on you know, what's seen as a national health emergency now. So tell us, tell us what you've discovered about this.
1: Well, there is a physician assistant who works in the emergency department of Rochester General Hospital, Afton Heights and and she and her husband, having a discussion where she was lamenting the number of people calling in wanting refills of their prescriptions, um, the fact that they, there was nothing they could do for them because the prescriptions are set for a period of time, um, a, a death in her own family to uh, a prescription medication thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way. Well, can't we do something with the pill bottle? So they had a basic idea. They took it to a design company, and what's come up with is something that looks like the circular case that birth control pills are dispensed in, only this is a timer. And it, and it is set, it would be set at the pharmacy to whenever you're supposed to get your medication, every four hours, six hours, eight hours. And because of the software and how this case is put together, it would release a dose at the time it's supposed to be prescribed for. Uh, her sense of this is if we can, we can control when people are taking the medication, we may be able to cut off some addiction uh, problems You know, before they start. The thing about addiction, from what uh, people have told me, or misuse of medication, is that it's really hard to, to say who might misuse this, who might be susceptible to a problem. With this? Is it that first pill that just flips a switch and you're addicted? Or is it misuse over a period of time that does it? If you have a pill bottle, once you get that child proof thing figured out, you have access to really all the pills in the bottle. This setup on a timer, meter dosing, secured in secure some way, it is right. going to limit you to that one pill in that prescribed time.
0: Right, and I can see, it. presumably, this might also have, given that we know that a lot of people don't take medications as they're supposed to, even if they're even if they they're not opioids, I guess this this may well have other applications, presumably, for other kinds of medical dispensing?
1: It could. One of the things, the design company is called Rob Brady, and they're out of Florida. One of the reasons they came up with this sort of birth control case design is that everybody knows that when you see that, That says schedule to you, whether it's a daily schedule, whatever it is, says schedule. So they thought about that, and they said, well, we want people on a schedule. We want to regulate the time in which they're taking this very potent medication.
0: What might trigger that in their mind to look at something that's on a schedule? right right but the thinking behind it from a healthcare practitioner in our in our own community it's pretty remarkable so it,
1: it is it, it's a ways away they need money for a prototype right. they they have spoken to the FDA so the FDA is aware of this and if they can get some prototypes and they can get a, a pharmaceutical company to put their drugs into this it uses a blister pack if they can get a pharmaceutical company to do this clinical trial perhaps in a year there's been some interest at Rochester Regional. It was developed there. If there is a clinical trial, yes, we spoke with one of their associate uh, medical director. They would be interested in doing that there, but we're we're a ways off from that. But it is it is looks like a better mousetrap.
0: Uh, more of this kind of thing, uh, this story and others at democratandchronicle.com. I've been chatting with Patty Singer. Uh, I'm Matthew Leonard. Thanks, uh, Patty. Talk to you again next time.
1: You bet. Thank you, Matthew.